0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Metabolism and Menopause Podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm your host and CEO of Vitality OET. We are a women's nutrition, health, and fitness company that focuses predominantly on women's hormones, particularly as they start going through perimenopause and onwards. We know that you start to experience so many changes in this time in your life, whether that be hot flashes, night sweats, irritability, brain fog, Loss of libido, hair starting to thin, or weight gain around the middle that seems to have come out of absolutely nowhere despite you not changing anything. So then you go back to your tried and true methods of cutting calories, cutting carbs, doing a bunch of cardio, whatever things you used to do to lose weight. Except this time it seems like they just don't work. You try working even harder and it seems like you're not getting anything out of those efforts you actually start seeing the scale moving in the wrong direction and you start feeling worse. Sleep gets worse, energy gets worse. But we know now that your body is inherently different than what it was prior to you experiencing these hormonal changes. So our mission here at Vitality is to help you really understand how your body changes in this time of your life so you can reach those health and fitness goals, live a life full of vitality, feel in control of your body again, and really understand how to take care of this new body of yours because it is it's a brand new body. So today, what I want to talk about are these seven things that we see women do that makes them become successful, whether they're in our program, whether I'm just talking to them through DMs. These are the things that really dictate whether a person's going to be successful or not. And there are things like specific, like nutritional things and exercise things, but also some mindset things. So we're going to cover really everything that you need in order to be successful on this new journey of yours. But before we dig into that, I just want to let you know that this is the last week to sign up for our February weight loss challenge. It's the first time we have ever done a weight loss challenge. We wanted to make sure we did this right, that this wasn't just some crazy, restrictive, unsustainable way of achieving weight loss just for you to end up gaining it back. We wanted you to learn throughout this process, understand how your body works, and make you have these foundational pieces that we really see lead to success for women in our program, and just helps accelerate things. So we're really focusing on reducing inflammation, on increasing your energy levels, and really getting that weight loss started, um, and just getting the ball rolling in the right direction. Um, In this specialized challenge, you're gonna learn how to apply all these really key principles that we have to get your body responding again, to help improve your metabolism, and get you feeling good, you're also going to be armed with a ton of really useful resources that you can use for the rest of your life. So there's going to be different grocery lists and meal planners, different meal plan kind of things, exercise programs. Um, and I'm going to also be doing coaching calls twice a week. Um, so you get time with me to answer all your questions. Um, and it's going to be really great. Everything will be recorded as well. So if you can't make it live, you can actually submit questions in advance. Um, and I answer everything for you. The best part is you don't have to track calories if you don't want to. Um, If you do, it can help accelerate you through the process for sure, but it's not a requirement by any means. Um, And it runs for the entire month of February. So if you're starting to struggle through those resolutions or you just aren't sure if things are working right, this will be a great challenge for you. There's more information for you in the show notes. So let's talk about how to become successful on this fat loss journey because I have helped Thousands and thousands of women for free by calculating their calories, giving them different health and fitness and lifestyle recommendations, giving them different goals. Yet some women never actually reach their their goals despite having all these resources and all this information and all the intention. So, what dictates if someone's going to be successful or not? Because just having the information doesn't seem to be enough. Um, So, I'm really going to outline exactly what the most successful women do clients and non-clients alike. So you can really follow through the footsteps of those who have been successful losing weight and keeping it off, which is the most important part because we tend to lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. And if we can maintain the weight loss, that's how you know you've won. So let's break it down. What makes some people successful and some people not? Because like I said, I talk to a lot of women on a daily basis, and I have been doing this for years, and I absolutely love it. But let's really see what what the differences are between success and not having success. So first, I want to talk about more of the logistical things, you know, the things that you're probably all looking for, like how much to eat, when to eat. Um, We'll get into that stuff too, but that doesn't actually make or break things as much as you think. Um, it doesn't make the biggest difference because you can have all that information, but there's that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do the things um, or maintain those habits, right? So let's really build into first what those foundational pieces look like. So you can't run before you walk, right? Mastering consistency is the boring crap. This is the stuff that nobody wants to do, um, but this is like the non-fancy things That really do determine if you're going to be successful. And it's not sexy. It's hard to sell. This is why fad diets are always like low carb, Octavia. We have like the Weight Watchers, the points, the little containers. Like there's something different, right? It's different. It's novel. It sells. But the stuff that actually works and is simple and boring is the stuff that works. So there are 11 things that I'm really gonna break down here for this first category, and they are simple, but do not mistake simple for easy. That is, they are not synonymous to each other. Um, Just because something is simple does not mean it is easy, okay? So the first one is a balanced plate. This sounds super, super easy. Um, So a balanced plate would be, if you're looking at a plate, most of your meals, if you were to section off your plate, you would see that half of your plate is fruits and veggies, okay? Then, in other like third of your plate is gonna be protein. And then the remaining is gonna be a starchy carb of some source, some fiber um, high fiber carbs. But this can be your potatoes, your rice, a piece of bread, some pasta, you know, carbs. The things that we're all terrified of, they actually should be a quarter of that should be on your plate, okay? But so it sounds easy. It sounds really simple, but to do this for 80% of your meals, not so much. A lot of people will really struggle with this. Um, but I think we all have to realize that we have this 80%, 20% rule. We always like to talk about. So 80% whole foods, 80% balanced plate, and then 20% is fun. There can be something that's a little bit off by your plate. Maybe you have a little bit more carbs than veggies 20% of the time. That's Okay but people don't actually understand what that means. So let's add some numbers to this. Let's say you have 90 meals in a month, 30 days, 30 meals. You have your breakfast, lunch, and supper, okay? Or breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I always get made fun of for saying supper, it's a Canadian thing. Um, so let's say you have 90 meals in a month, 80% of that, 72 balanced meals, which means 18 meals can be different, 18. So this could be maybe you have an appetizer, Maybe you have a little less veg, maybe you add a dessert, um, whatever that might be. But 80% or 20% of those meals, which is 18 meals, can have some flexibility. Yet we are so strict and so rigid, right? And when you're in a fat loss phase, yes, you do have to be um, more meticulous and more balanced, you'll get better results that way, right? But a fat loss phase is a short period of time with a clear start and end date. So you're coming out of that eventually, but in the rest of the time, you should be having 20% fun foods, 20% might not be balanced, It can change, it can vary. But again, we have this idea in our mind, we're either on or off, right? We're all or nothing, we're either being good, quote unquote, or bad, quote unquote, right? So I think it's really important to a be aware this balanced plate method sounds very simple. But applying it 80% of the time tends to be a lot more challenging than you think. So something you could do is just print out a habit tracker, have 90 spots, you know, and then you do green if you had a balanced plate and then like maybe red if you didn't. And then you can count it up. And if you got 80% were balanced, awesome. You're doing the things. That's great. But when we're having the 20% unbalanced plates or 20% fun foods, don't want to go over the top so this doesn't mean we're having an appetizer and we're having no veggies and then we're having dessert like that would be like three things you know so you have to really be aware because with great freedom comes great responsibility and we can really really take it in the opposite direction sometimes so again being aware of that super important so that's number one balanced plate super simple but hard to apply sometimes number two is protein protein is huge huge, huge, huge study after study after study will show you that individuals who have a higher protein diet will do better, both with like blood sugar, with hormones, with body composition, building muscle, maintaining muscle mass. So we want to aim for 0.8 grams to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, okay, or your goal weight. So again, protein, very, very important. If you could only focus on one thing right now, I would say focus on increasing your protein. This will make a huge difference for you. It should be apparent in every single meal, aiming for at least 20 to 30 grams per meal of protein. Okay, so having an egg for breakfast, that's like eight grams of protein. That's not enough. You need to actually use an app and see what is going to give you higher protein. Doesn't mean you have to be tied to an app all the time, but being aware how many grams of protein does something actually have. That's important to know. Okay, So we have balanced plate and protein. Then we have no skipping meals. This is a basic thing that all clients that we have who are successful are not skipping meals, okay? Because when we're skipping meals, our body has no idea what's going on. Our body loves consistency. If two women are eating the same average caloric intake, particularly during perimenopause and menopause, they're average the same week to week. But one woman has like a 400 or 500 calorie range that they're in versus eating within like 150 calorie range day to day. The person who has a smaller range will see better changes in body composition because it's a less of a stress on our body. Okay. And when we're skipping meals, we're going to see changes in our blood sugar. We're going to have more energy issues. We're going to have crashes. We're going to have cravings. We're going to see cortisol go up, which we know has a ton of negative, um, side effects to it. So we're not skipping meals. You're having regular meal times. Then we have carbs and protein at every single meal. I just, if there was one, if there was one nutritional myth that I could get rid of or fad diet or whatever it is, it would be the carb fear mongering. It is unbelievable how many women I talk to on a daily basis who are petrified to have carbs. People are so scared because of their blood sugars. Cool. You know who doesn't have blood sugar issues? Someone who eats baked potato. They don't. Someone who has blood sugar issues, typically it's from eating more highly processed foods and having a lot more treats or are dealing with a lot of stress or they're skipping meals and they're having hormonal issues. It's not due to just carbs. I have helped many women improve their blood sugar control and their body composition, and their energy levels, and their hormonal levels, and their thyroid levels by eating more carbs. Because if you're not getting carbohydrates in, and your blood sugar isn't at a certain level, and you're in a stressed state because you're not eating enough food and not eating enough carbs, your blood sugar is going to go up anyways, because cortisol will dump sugar into your bloodstream, causing your blood sugar issues. So you're going to have that regardless. So you may as well have some carbs, improve your energy, learn how to eat your carbs properly. So eat most of your protein and veggies first, then dip into your carbs. So if I'm going to have a bowl of pasta, which I did when I went to a um, business meeting event that I went to, and I had, I had pasta, but I had a side salad with it and there was shrimp in my pasta. So what I did was I ate most of my salad first, a good chunk of it, like at least a third then I ate a good chunk of my shrimp, and then I dug into my pasta. And what this does is it slows the emptying of your stomach so you don't get a blood sugar spike and drop because our blood sugars will spike and drop from things emptying our stomach very quickly and digesting quickly. The veggies and the protein help slow that down so I can still enjoy my carbohydrates without the blood sugar spike. This is going to help you so, 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 so much. So make sure you have a carb and a protein at every single meal. Number four, allowing again to have 20% fun foods. If you aren't having foods that you enjoy regularly in your, um, in your diet, I guess you can call it, or in your day-to-day life, it's not going to be sustainable because as soon as you tell someone, Hey, you can't have ice cream, you know what I want? I want ice cream. So we have actually had women in our program who have done more successful once we really encourage them to have their treats. So I had a lady who was like, I'll be good for two weeks. And I just like binge on chips. I just like, can't do it. I'm like, okay, well, why don't we just have like the individual bags of chips two or three days a week? Not a big deal. We can work that in easily. And you know what? It led to her being successful. No more binges. She has a better relationship with food. She's enjoying her food again and seeing wonderful changes. So the idea that you have to cut out everything is insane It's not realistic and you won't be successful long-term. Okay, number five is planning. You need to plan. So this doesn't mean that you have to have everything planned out, but if all you're doing is hoping that you're going to magically reach your goals or you're hoping you're going to have a balanced meal, that's that's not going to work. It doesn't work for anyone. When has that worked for you? I'm trying to reach my goals. I'm trying to eat a balanced plate, but okay, okay, you're trying, but are you doing it? Are you planning for that? So pack your lunch. Make sure that it's balanced. Have your veggies and fruit, your carbs and your protein. That's how you ensure that you reach those goals. So there has to be some sort of planning done in advance. You know, that would be like, I don't know, going to a job and not knowing what you're going to do day to day and just hoping you meet your, I don't know, sales quota or whatever it might be. You're not as successful if you plan for things you're more likely to be successful. It doesn't mean that you have to plan every single meal and have everything in Tupperware containers. I will never, ever, ever, ever do that. But what we do is we plan our suppers for the week or your dinners, whatever you want to call it. We call it supper. Um, but we plan out our suppers for the week, what we're going to have based on how busy we are. That determines who's going to cook or if we have to cook in advance. We make sure to make enough extras that we have stuff for, for lunch the next day. And then our breakfasts, we have five that we rotate through regularly. So that doesn't really need to be planned for. We always make sure we have those things in the fridge and in the pantry and we're good to go. So we tend to really overcomplicate things when we don't need to. We tend to overthink things a lot. Just plan even a a couple meals a week. You will find that it makes it easier and easier at the end of the day when you're stressed out and exhausted and you've been running around with kids everywhere or, you know, you've had a crazy day at work. You come home, you're like, oh, what do I have to make for supper? What am I, what am I doing? I got to make another decision. If you already have these things planned, it's a lot easier on your brain. It's a lot easier to follow through, um, and to meet those, those goals that you have. Okay. The next one is veggies aiming for at least three servings a day. And I know, yes, like people will say you need to eat a lot more than that, but most people have maybe a serving of veggies. Okay. So like, just start small. And then you learn to slowly like sneak veggies into things like adding them into quesadillas or wraps or, you know, adding more veggies to soup than you normally would. Things like that. It's, you can find ways to increase it. But when you set this like crazy goal of like, I need eight to 10 servings of fruits or veggies a day, that's really overwhelming. Like to me, I'm already like, okay, there's no way I'm going to do that. So why even try? Just start with three, three, try and have like two serving, like have a fruit and two veggies. Boom. Done. That's pretty simple, pretty easy, pretty doable. Start small. Um, another thing that we see with our clients who are very successful is they don't eat out a lot because no more than two meals a week. Because when you're going out to eat, it's very easy to let other people influence you, right? Or you have the smells and stuff, and then someone's like, Oh, I want to get dessert, and you're like, "Mm, okay, I want to have dessert too. But also it's hard to track those meals. It's hard to make them balanced. There's usually a lot more salt, usually a lot more butter. Um, there's a lot of variance on like what they report on calories for each meal, things like that. So the most successful clients eat at home most of the time or bring food from home most of the time. Um, and again, you can just slowly trim that back, but if you can eat at home, it makes a much bigger difference. And then of course, exercising regularly and appropriately. So this typically looks like, you know, not doing crazy high, crazy intensity, ton of cardio we focusing on, focusing on resistance training. We're working out maybe two to three days a week. We tend to go so extreme from like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to work out every single day. And it's like, okay, but can you see yourself working out every single day? No. And it's going to change based on the season of life that you're in. Okay. So. Try and make something where you can maintain your exercise routine. Okay. So for me, when I was in university, it was easy to work out when I was working at a gym, easy to work out when I had a studio, easy to work out. Cause it was right there for me to work out four to six days a week. Easy, 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 easy. Now it's like, I'm just happy that I'm able to get two in. That is like my goal. If I do three awesome, but I just do two. And you know what? I'm able to maintain my physique. I'm able to generally maintain my strength. Like we have to realize that we don't have to put in crazy amounts of effort to see changes this way. Obviously you want to like be at a point where you're able to increase your, your strength slowly, right? Like we need to see that progressive overload to see change in our body composition. But if you just go six days out a week How are you supposed to increase that? Because at one point your recovery is not going to be really well, like, right? It's not going to be so good for you. So then you have nowhere else to go. You need to give yourself room to grow. So this is why like when people are like January 1st, I'm going to work out every single day. I'm going to get my 10,000 steps. Okay, awesome. That's great. I'm glad you're being active and moving. But then if you want to lose weight and we have to increase our calories out even more, You've kind of maxed out your exercise already. So where are you supposed to go? So these are all things that you have to really be aware of. Um, and this is something where a lot of our clients realize less is more. They are much happier. They have more time to themselves. They're enjoying their life more and they're seeing positive changes. So this whole no days off, you have to work really hard all of the time. You don't. That's not realistic. That's not fun. And it's not something you're going to be able to sustain for the rest of your life. Okay. Okay. Um, the next one is hydrating, drinking water. Very, very, very important. Um, and then prioritizing sleep. If you're not sleeping enough, you're not going to be able to have enough growth hormone to help build and maintain muscle match, which we know is an issue during perimenopause and menopause. We know that your cortisol levels are going to be higher. You're going to have more blood sugar issues. You're going to have more crashes and cravings, um, which leads to making it a lot harder to make better decisions when it comes around nutrition, So women who start prioritizing their sleep start doing incredible things. So that's the, the like building foundation piece. So a balanced plate, 80% of the time we're getting our protein in 0.8 grams to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, no skipping meals, carbs and protein at every single meal, allowing yourself to have fun foods in your diet regularly, 20% of the time. We're doing some aspect of planning because just hoping is never going to work. It hasn't worked so far and it's not going to work now. Um, having veggies at least three servings a day. We're not eating out a ton. We're eating most of our meals at home. We are exercising regularly and appropriately and we're focusing on hydration and sleep. So if you can't master those 11 things, how the heck are you supposed to do anything else? You all try to do these crazy advanced crazy protocols with different like calorie cycling and carb cycling and cutting out certain food groups and being quote unquote clean and fasting and keto and all this other crazy crap to be honest when you can't just do the simple things wouldn't it be nice if just doing the simple things gets you to your results you don't have to worry about oh today I have to have 2200 calories and the next day can only have 1800 and My carbs have to be this much one day and down the next. No, like it doesn't have to be that complicated. And then you're tied to like weighing for the rest of your life. No, like master those 11 things. Pick two of those things on that list, just two and just master that for a month and then move on to the next thing. Super simple, not easy, right? Because easy and simple are not the same thing. But if you can master those things, you have no idea how much further ahead you'll be. Like For example, when we have a woman come into the program, if they've already mastered their, their protein intake and they're already focusing on hydration and let's say they've already tailored back on their exercise, they're only working three days a week, they are going to be doing a lot better than someone who's only getting 40 grams of protein a day because that happens. We see people coming in with really low protein intake, people who don't drink water, who aren't sleeping, things like that. So... If you can master even just a couple of those things on that list, you will be surprised at how far ahead you are um, and how much more successful you're going to be. So now we're on to number two. That was just number one. (laughs) We've got seven to go through. So here's number two for you. Identify your goal and why it is important. So for most people, just wanting to look good doesn't actually end up being enough, because it's not as important as the instant gratification of enjoying alcohol or eating out a lot or wanting to watch TV instead of exercise. But when values are clear decisions are easy, that is easily one of my favorite quotes because it is very, very true. When you know why it's important, it is so much easier to make that a priority and easier to say both yes and no when it comes to particular situations. So for me, I always give the example with alcohol, alcohol, doesn't serve me. I'm a kind of person that likes to eat and drink because it tastes delicious. Okay. And when it comes to understanding like the calories and stuff like that, a cocktail, which I will actually enjoy is probably going to be 150, 200 calories. Like it's going to be fruity and full of juice and sugar and deliciousness. I'd rather have a piece of cake to be completely honest. I also know that with alcohol, I don't sleep well. I get really hot, almost like hot flashy. My skin gets hot and itchy. I'm bloated the next day or for the next few days. Um, My recovery is crappy. I have like blood sugar crashes and energy crashes the next day. So for me, I'm like, I don't like feeling that way. So for me, very easy. I prioritize being like feeling good and then being able to feel productive. So for me, very easy to say yes or no. So even when we're out with like friends and stuff and we go out for supper, it's very rare. You'll ever see me having a cocktail, like very, very rare. It'll be like a specific occasion or something like, but for me, very, very rare. Um, I just don't, it's just not important to me. Um, and then for example, exercise right now, exercise is something I'm really struggling with. It is something that I used to be so passionate about. And I still, I love exercise programming and biomechanics. That's always my first love when it comes to health. But for me personally, I have always worked out for a specific goal or purpose um, or it was very enjoyable for me. So, for example, I would be like, let's say when I was working in the gym, I enjoyed working out because I get to visit with all the regulars and it was a great community and it was fun and enjoyable and like genuinely brought me joy. Then I was training for specific perf, uh, performance goals. I wanted to deadlift two times my body weight. So I was motivated to that. It was important to me. It was a goal I wanted to accomplish and prove to myself that I could do it. So at different seasons, I've always had like a performance goal or it was part of like filling up my cup. And now I don't have a community here at a gym like I used to. I don't have friends that I go and work out with anymore. Um, I don't... You know, like to me, I'm not working towards a specific physique goal or performance goal or anything like that. So for me, it's a lot easier to say no to exercise and say yes to just sitting down and watching Grey's Anatomy because I'd rather spend time with Taylor at home than make the time to go to the gym. So I don't, it's not as important to me. I don't have a why behind my exercise like I used to, which makes it a lot harder. So there's no clear value there for me right now that I'm working towards. So it's hard to make the decision to go. But if I was, if I had a clear value around exercise again, it would make it a lot easier. So really understanding your why is really important because if you don't have a strong why, you'll never stick to it. As soon as things get challenging, you will just give up. It's very easy to be like, oh, I, just don't want, I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm not motivated to do it. So that's something that we work with our clients a lot is figuring out why is this so important? And the clients who have a strong why will always persevere because motivation will go down. That's just how this works. Um, so those that have a strong why do way better than those two who do not. And we can try and push free to find a good why, but if it just ends up being physique, then typically you're not going to do as well. Whereas if women come in with a health reason, those women tend to do a lot better. Number three, realizing, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at this some bit. realizing it is not just a three month process and done. Think about a great healthy marriage. You don't get married and say, yes, we did the thing. We got married and then stop doing the things that you were doing prior to getting married. The best marriages continue to do the things, spend quality time together, talking to each other, prioritizing communication, growing together, learning together. If you don't keep working at those things, you know what happens? You grow apart. You communicate less. You take each other for granted. You no no longer feel close to each other. It's the same with your health and your fitness journey, regardless of what that end goal is, let's say your goal is to improve your blood sugar, for example. You don't do all that work. You don't exercise and build muscle and focus on recovering and eating your carbs that are higher in fiber and reducing your stress and paying attention to food pairings and the way that you eat food. Then you go to the doctor and your blood sugar is great. And then you're like, sweet, I did it. And then you go back to eating a bunch of cake and not taking care of your stress anymore. You're no longer eating protein. You're no longer exercising. And then you're upset because your blood sugar goes to crap. No, you're like, okay, it's because of this. It's a huge lifestyle change. So, but for some reason, we don't apply that to our health and fitness. What, so what if, so just look at what you're doing right now, your fad diets, the keto, whatever you're doing. If you can't see yourself doing that forever, then it's probably not for you. Because you might lose the weight, but you sure as crap are not going to keep it off. It's going to come back. So being aware that this is a longer process than you want it to be. Okay. Understanding that it's going to take time and understanding that each diet that you've done in the past has slowed down your metabolism. So you need to bring that back up and then you can lose the weight. And we want to make sure you preserve your metabolism so you can maintain those results. It's not going to be three months. It is never going to be just three months. And I can promise you that I would like bet all my life savings on that. It is not a three month process. And the clients who realize this are the ones who are more successful. These are typically the people who are like, okay, I realize I can't rush this. I'd rather do this right. Eat a little bit more for two months, maybe a little bit more uncomfortable in my skin for two months but I know I'm feeling better, my energy's improved, I'm sleeping better, I know this is the right way, it's taking longer than I want, but I know this is the way to do things to maintain, like to lose the weight and maintain it. And those are the people who will always be successful. Number four, upgrade your lifestyle to reflect who you want to be versus having a lifestyle that prevents you from reaching your goals. So let's take your career for example. Let's say that you work at an office and you want to get a promotion. So you start acting like the person who would have that job already. You start stepping up and taking more responsibilities and doing things without being asked. You focus at work, you get the things done so that when that promotion comes up, you are the obvious shoe in for the job, right? You are acting like the person who already has that job. That's like when I was in grad school, for example. I was very strategic in how I dressed, how I spoke, how I communicated with students and professors, the way that I emailed. I was dressing and acting for the job that I wanted at that time, which was that of a professor at the time that I was in university, and it worked. Students and professors respected me. I was known as the um, like the grad student who you know would mark quite heavily, like would exactly outline why you didn't do as well, what you can do to improve. Um, But students and professors respected me. I was given more responsibilities. I was known for being clear and fair in my grading. Um, Everyone was very aware of the expectations that I had for students and I didn't lean or like favor, like this is how it is. And this is the way if you want to be successful, this is what you have to do. I was asked to guest lecture a lot. Um, I was very efficient with my time. I became that person before I actually was that person teaching more at the university level, nutrition, health, and fitness are exactly the same. Are the actions that you are taking the way that you talk to yourself, the habits that you have, the excuses that you make, do they align with that person that you are trying to become? Are they bringing you closer or further away from that person you're trying to become? Would someone trying to be healthier want to copy what you are doing or are you allowing external excuses that are quote unquote, not your fault take over? Because let me tell you, no one who is successful will allow anything outside of themselves dictate their success. Let me say that again. No one who is successful will allow anything outside of themselves dictate their success. It is a, I can do it attitude. I make choices. I take responsibilities for every single choice and the consequences, good or bad, that come along with it. I have a lot under my control. I have the ability to improve X, Y, and Z. The diagnosis of PCOS that I had and the low progesterone do not define whether or not I will be successful, whether or not I will reach my goals. My past does not define whether or not I will be successful in the circumstances that I was born. in. I was born into a family that my mom was wonderful. She loved us so much. She wanted to give us every opportunity that we could possibly ever have. Um, But unfortunately with my father, it was not the same. He, he gambled, he drank, um, was abusive, um, we were at a point where he left and I was 14 and working and helping him mom pay bills. Um, so the power wouldn't go out that we can afford groceries. Like I had to work really hard, but you are not a victim to your past, to your diagnosis. That mentality will never allow you to achieve any goal that you have. Like you look at some people who have achieved some of the most massive successes, whether that's health, fitness, business, career, Whatever it is, relationships, sometimes those people are born into the worst circumstances, but they don't let those circumstances dictate whether or not they will be successful. And then you see people who are born into all the opportunities. There's no financial stressors. They have a family that loves them. You are born into great circumstances and yet you achieve nothing. So it is really important to be aware that regardless of Where you are, you can do the things. You just have to make the choices and take responsibilities for that. Like, okay, I went out for lunch and I had a drink. Not the best choices for my health, but I take responsibility that that might delay my results a little bit if I keep doing that. But I valued that bonding with my friends and having that alcoholic drink over my fitness goals. I I chose instant gratification over long term. That's a decision I have to live with. But a lot of people don't think that way right they blame it on someone else so the clients and individuals who don't fall victim to that and they really take control of their lives and take responsibility for their choices and don't let their past dictate their future those those people are unstoppable because they they will get there they will do it so changing that mindset can be incredibly powerful and we see it all the time like the women who really dig into the mindset work, they are incredibly successful. So yes, mastering the basics is important, but if you master the basics and you don't, don't take responsibility for your actions and stuff like that, you'll probably revert back to to old habits. The next one is learning. Learning, this is huge. This is something I'm very big on. You need to understand why you are doing what you are doing and what it does to your body long-term, short-term, Otherwise, you're not going to stick to it. And it is incredibly important for you to understand what you are doing and how it is going to affect your specific body. If you do not learn, you will not stick to it. You just won't. You don't understand your body, like not understanding your body. How the heck are you supposed to take care of it? Like, can you imagine if I got a horse and had zero help from Taylor? This is a total hypothetical situation. I would have no freaking idea what to do. How much and how often do I feed it? What do I feed it? Is there things that I could feed it that could kill it? I don't know. Are there certain things that are going to make them sick? Are there certain vaccinations they need to get? Um, What are signs that they are sick? Like, will I even be able to tell if they're not doing well? How, like, what actually matters when it comes to taking care of a horse? Is there a a way to ride them that's right and wrong that will harm them um, or be, like, dangerous for me? What is the maintenance? Pretty sure you have to trim hooves on horses, but like, who does that? How often? And why do you do that? And if I don't know what's important to taking care of a horse, then I probably wouldn't do it. And that horse would really suffer. My ignorance would negatively impact that horse's life and health. Yet we do that with ourselves every damn day. You have no idea if what you are doing is harmful or not. You have no idea the long-term consequences to your hormones, your metabolism, your health, nothing. So why do we take better care of our pets and research what we need to know about vacations and trips and animals more than learning about what you are doing and how that affects your body? Doesn't that feel backwards to you? Like You literally value a vacation, your car, your new cell phone plan, how your camera works, your pet's more than your body and I bet if you bought yourself a fancy camera you would do so much research and be super careful with it and learn how to take care of it how to maintain it and if you made a mistake you would learn from it and be like "Oof, if I will never do that again and then you wouldn't but with your body you're kind of like eh like whatever not a big deal And then we sometimes make one mistake with our diet or exercise, and we're so embarrassed and we feel so guilty, but we don't reflect and learn from it. And you just let that cycle repeat over and over and over and over. And you know what the crazy part is, is that you could replace a horse, you could replace a camera, take another trip, get a different cell phone plan, but you have one body So you need to learn how it works and how to take care of it instead of just doing whatever your neighbor Stacy is doing and selling in her latest MLM. It's a crazy pyramid scheme. And I know that's super ranty, but man, that makes me so mad. So take the time to learn about your body, understand why you're doing what you're doing, how it impacts your body long-term with your hormones, your metabolism, your overall health. Do the research and ask for help or frick pay someone to help you. I mean, I've done that tons of times when I've been struggling with exercise and stuff where I need to learn more. Know what I do? I pay for a seminar, a certification, a coach. With a business, I have a, a business coach. I wouldn't be able to figure stuff out on my own a bookkeeper to help me with my taxes. Like, cause I don't know how to do that stuff. So it's getting someone to help you learn these things and making sure you're going to a reliable source, not just someone who wants your money. Because I mean, I was in a business meeting this past, past week. Yeah. This past week. And, um, we were, someone asked like who got into this because, They knew they could make a lot of money. And all of us were like, no, no. Like we did this because it was a hobby and we enjoyed it. And we loved helping people, except for one person, one person raised their hand. And I was just so disgusted because working in the service industry, like we're supposed to be helping people. And to me, when all you start caring about is money, it's like, how much do you actually care? How much are you actually teaching? How much are you actually helping that person. So really understanding like who you're taking information from, would they help you for free? Like are they giving you all the resources that you need to really learn? Learning is the most important part in this stuff because if you don't learn, long term, what does that where does that leave you? You finish a program, you finish a plan, you finish a whatever. Now what? You're stuck. You're at the exact same place as you were before, except probably with a much vulnerable metabolism and your hormones are in a bad place. You're more likely to gain weight when you're done. So learn about your body. Learn how to take care of it. Understand what the choices you're making and how how they're going to impact your body. The next one is environment. We got two more left, you guys, and this is a longer one. Um, Your environment. Create an environment for success. I've talked about this one a lot, so I'm not going to get too crazy into it, but a fish tank. It's gross. It's slimy. It's dirty. And the fish, well, it looks awful. Would you be hard on the fish and be like, you're not trying hard enough. You're just lazy. Or would you clean the tank? It's much easier to thrive in a healthy environment. So look around your environment. Your home, at work. Your emotional environment, the relationships that you have, are those healthy? Are those set up to help you succeed or is there more temptation, more stress and the option to make less ideal choices more likely? Your work environment, what do you have in your lunch? What do you bring for lunch? What's in your snack drawer? What about your relationships? This one is huge. This one is huge. Do the relationships that you have encourage the behaviors that you want to do? Do those relationships make you feel good? Do you leave those conversations and meetups with your cup full or do you feel totally drained? Um, Do they leave you feeling exhausted? Do they encourage a lot of drinking? Do you have weak boundaries when you say yes to them and no to the things that you actually want to be doing? And you know that it wouldn't be beneficial. So take inventory of what your physical environments are and your emotional environments are in various places and Are they conducive to being healthier and being the person that you want to be? Or are they making it a lot harder? Taking inventory of that is very important. I cut out a lot of friends in the last two years. A lot. Um, But I'm also the happiest I've ever been. Not saying that those situations were easy because they absolutely were not. Um, They were very hard. But I'm the happiest and honestly the healthiest that I have been ever. And it's taken a long time to get here. But once you change your environment to become more successful, nothing can stop you. It's a lot easier because you're not fighting temptation at every corner or stress at every corner. And the last thing that our clients that are the most successful is that they don't focus on being perfect. People hear consistency and they think that means they have to be perfect and that cannot be further from the truth. Perfection stops us from actually doing the things because we think the plan has to be perfect. You have to plan and prepare and have the perfect time. But the truth is, is that if you are relying on that, you will never start and you will stay exactly where you are or worse. You'll actually move backwards. Perfection is paralyzing because you are so freaking afraid of making a mistake and not doing everything as it is in that checklist that it stops you from progressing and from learning And guess what? You will make mistakes. You will fail. But consistency is when things happen in life. And when we fall off the wagon, because, you know, let things happen in life, you we we have grief, we have financial changes, career changes, stuff pops up, but we learn to get back up and keep going. And so think about teaching your kid to ride a bike. Wouldn't you be sad if they never learned to ride the bike because the thought of falling them over or falling off the bike prevented them from even trying? We're depriving them of that joy of figuring out like that first freedom and that first like feeling of speed. Same with swimming. Same with literally every single thing that you do in life. So let me tell you a story. In a past relationship um, I was in, my boyfriend at the time had a boy and i'm going to keep his name anonymous obviously so let's call him james and james had this scooter and i was like determined to get this kid to <laughs> to take his scooter outside um and so one day i said hey james i'm going to take the dog for a walk do you want to come with your scooter and he's like well can i go can i go to the park and i'm like the only way i'm stopping at the park is if you ride your scooter there and he was like a, immediately got panicky um, and he was like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, well, how come? It's just like riding your, your scooter downstairs. Cause we had a hardwood floor downstairs and he invited a scooter downstairs. He's like, well, it's safer here. I could like fall on a, on a rock or something. I'm like, okay, so I'll bring some band-aids. Worst case scenario, you fall, you hurt yourself. We put a band-aid on it or we just come home and we'll deal with it then. And you could tell he just kind of like looked at me and was kind of pondering what to do. And then he was like, okay, fine, but I'm not scootering over any Rocky areas, and I was like, okay, totally fine, no big deal. So we we scooter to the park. Well, I walk the dog, he's scootering to the park, and like he is going so slowly, watching the ground very meticulously, making sure there's no rocks. Like he's very afraid of falling, but then he starts getting a little bit more confident. By we get to the by the time we get to the park, he's like picked up some speed, he's he's doing okay, but still being very cautious. Um, and then by the time we got back, he was scootering down the, the back alley, which is literally just gravel going so fast, yelling at his dad who was in the backyard going like, dad, look at me like I'm doing it. And it was amazing. He had so much joy and then he would want to take a scooter with him everywhere. But look, can you imagine what a different outcome that could have been if I hadn't talked to him about what the worst case scenario was and acknowledged that? Yeah, it could could happen, but like this is how we'll handle it. Um, if I had just said, okay, and let that fear of something that we don't even know will happen, stop him from doing the scootering and discovering the joy of what moving past that was like, like it would be so sad, right? But yet we do the exact same thing with our health and our fitness. We are so afraid to start in case of this or in case of that, or we're just not ready yet, or we just need more time. And then we end up just never doing it. So just like with reverse dieting and slowly increasing calories, we are so afraid of like, what if I, what if I gained 20 pounds? If you do it slowly and you do it appropriately and you increase your protein first, and then we slowly increase other things and address stress at the same time, women women will gain like anywhere from two to seven pounds on average-ish. But then you get to this point where, and like, that's if you gain weight, some women lose, some people stay the same, body composition changes for the better. So we, You are so afraid of like being this outlier and gaining a whole crap load of weight, yet you know the consequences of the fad diets, the fasting, the low carb, the low calorie things you've done over and over again. And you know, you know, they don't work because they're not sustainable. And I hate when people are like, well, it worked the first time. And I'm like, no, it didn't because you gained it back. So therefore it did not work because the goal was not to lose weight and gain it back. The goal was to lose weight and keep it off. So we know the consequences of those actions, yet we do it over and over again because the idea of potentially gaining another five pounds, but then being able to lose that weight and keep it off and feel good and have hormones in a good place and you're sleeping again and you have good energy. The idea of gaining five pounds is too scary that you would rather just stay exactly where you are. And unfortunately, we see this all the time where women will not want to change, not want to change. And then they'll message me for a guide. And then I see we haven't talked in a year. And I'm like, hey, how have things been? Oh, not so great. I've I've gained another five pounds. So their fear of gaining, gaining five pounds happened anyways without actually healing. So I think it's just really important to be aware that it's not going to be perfect. And don't let that fear of failing or negative consequences stop you from starting because you're not going to get anywhere anyways. So in summary of how do you ensure your success? Because I know that was a very long one. So I want to make sure I summarize this well for you is master the basics. That is huge. There was 11 things to focus on, pick two, and really hammer those home. Figure out why or why not you are doing them. Because if you don't assess where you're at, it's just going to keep happening. So good luck. You're just just going to keep trying and trying and trying. Identify your why. Because when values are clear, decisions are easy. Understand it is not a three-month process. Upgrade your lifestyle to represent who you want to be and what you want to do. Dress for that job that you want to have. Be the person who gets promoted before they are promoted. Learn. This takes practice and genuine curiosity, create an environment for success. So take inventory of your physical and emotional environments, and then realize that perfection and consistency are not the same thing. It's all learning to ride a bike. You fall, you get back up, but eventually you understand the feeling of joy to not have that fear anymore and just to live life. I hope that was helpful. Again, we have that challenge. If this was like a lot and you're just not really sure where to start, the challenge that we are running in February is a wonderful place to start. You get so many resources. The link to learn more about that um, is in the show notes. So if you want to head to that, please do so. And again, if you need anything at all, you just message me. I'm always happy to help. Have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. Bye.